Welcome to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast, bringing you bi-weekly discussions designed to help you grow your business and create the lifestyle you desire. Elevate your business with proven strategies from virtual CFOs, CPAs, and business advisors. We discuss real-world challenges solved with actionable steps that get you the results you need both in business and building the life you deserve. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. We are so happy to be back with you after our brief holiday break that we take every year. And we're excited to bring you episode number 133. So today, we're talking about something that you may have heard about, may not have heard about, but we want to make sure you heard about it. It's called the BOI or the Beneficial Ownership Information. If you haven't heard, you need to listen up. And we have Katina Peters on today's episode to help break down what we know now and some things that might still be up in the air about this new requirement for all business owners with a few exceptions, but we'll talk more about that. So welcome to the show, Katina. Thanks, Megan. Happy New Year to everybody. And with the new year is a new government uh, regulation that we're going to talk about. So yes, we'll be getting into that. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to keep my frustrations at bay as much as I can (laughs) in this episode because it's just, it seems a little extra, but we don't know everything yet. So I think that's, you know, I probably share in a lot of the frustrations as the information is being rolled out for this new requirement because there's a lot of unknowns. So we want to share the information that has been released and kind of just keep you updated so that you're not in the dark about this. Because if I didn't work with CPAs, I would have no idea as a business owner myself. It's like, oh, I probably should have heard about this, but I think a lot of people probably haven't. So that's why we wanted to to release this as the first episode of the year, because it's really important for you to know this. Yeah, it's kind of like you said, it's, it's been, I don't know, under the hat almost, it seems like, or something with regards to that. It's, it was something that, you know, we're starting to get more uh, emails about and things like that. And being in the industry, or we tend to get them. Mm-hmm. But even from our end, it, it's, you know, it wasn't a big blip until just fairly recently here. And we do attend the, American Institute of Certified Public Accountants town hall meetings. And they talk about a lot of, you know, regulations and what's going on out there. And that's where this was brought up. So we, you know, became aware of it and started, you know, looking into it and researching it and gaining more understanding around it. So we'll work through what we do know. As you said, there's still a ton of guidance not available around this, unfortunately, especially given the timelines we're looking at on some of these things. But in, you know, kind of normal government fashion lately, they put it out and they put out the requirements and don't tell anybody how to do any of it. (laughs) (laughs) But do it so you don't go to jail. So Right. AICPA lobbies on behalf of accountants and they're, you know, talking to the government saying, hey, you guys, we, you know, this needs to be done a certain way. We need guidance. We need to, you know, have methodologies for how this is going to get filed, et cetera. So before we jump into it 
completely because this is going to be a new uh, reporting requirement to be specific as we hadn't really answered that question yet even but we'll go into that but you know we're not attorneys and we're not going to provide you know legal advice with regards to this because there are some legalities going into this this is law right as far as that so we're just going to put that little caveat out there first so that you guys do know that and you know it's possible given your circumstances you may need to involve an attorney in making some determinations on if you are required to file this, et cetera. But like we said, this is a new reporting requirement that's coming out and going into effect there. It's being put in place basically for transparency, corporate transparency for entities not already required to disclose ownership information. So it's for entities both inside and outside of the U.S. or organized, I should say, inside and outside of the United States, but have operations here they may have reporting requirements. So mostly you probably will or you need to really check into it as far as that goes. There are some exceptions. We'll go, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go uh, into the subject some more. Okay. So many questions. <laughs> yes. So the BOI, so when is it effective or when are they saying we need to start worrying about this? Yeah, so it is very timely, right? On this podcast, it start it's effective starting January first of twenty twenty four. So the reporting requirements for entities already in existence, you do get a year, which is nice, which is good because obviously we still have a lot of guidance, like we were talking about, to come out. So you need to be filing as of January first of twenty twenty five. If you're an entity that already exists prior to twenty twenty four then that's what you'll have to do. And we'll talk about, again, what you know, what you have to put on the form or what they're saying that is going to be necessary, et cetera, as we go through. Mm-hmm. But the big catch is to watch it for new entities that are being created. So new entities that start January 1st of 2024 or after have a 90-day window to file this report currently. Now, it was 30 days. And they extended it now to 90 days. So somebody said an unreasonable 30-day requirement to an unreasonable 90-day requirement now for Um, for these new entities that probably have no idea they're supposed to file this. Yeah. That's the one that's going to, you know, catch people probably. I do anticipate they'll probably give some grace period and some leeway for this first little while here that if you bring yourself into compliance, you know, they're normally pretty good about those kinds of things and, you know, kind of bringing it on as you go. But, you know, right now that is the rule and that's what you have to watch out for. So you want to make sure that you're being careful of that. Okay. When I first heard about this too, I was thinking, oh, it's got to be larger corporations, you know, above a certain revenue mark. Like there's, there's got to be some minimum, right? That you would need to achieve in order to have to file this. But it doesn't sound like that's actually the case. So who is required to file? Yeah. It's actually not. It is any any entity could be subject. And, you know, they're looking for, you know, people doing bad things, basically. I would say they're looking for transparency into the ownership of these entities. Like, so you're reporting, hey, I own this entity or, you know, so-and-so and I own this entity. 
what have you. And it's really not the big entities that are an issue are big being like uh, the Walmarts or the publicly traded companies of the world because they already have reporting requirements around right. those kinds of things. And obviously they're publicly traded. So they have public owners, you know, everybody owns them or whoever holds their stock. Right. They're really looking more for privately held things. So that can definitely reach down into, you know, the single person company, you know, potentially. So there are 23 categories of exemptions. So that's, you know, lots of exemptions that could apply. There is a full list uh, that's put out by FinCEN, which is the government agency that's responsible for collecting this information and who you you will be or someone will be helping you report to on this. For a couple of examples of what are on that list, there's publicly traded companies are not required, like we talked about, banks and credit unions, security brokers and dealers, public accounting firms, tax-exempt entities, certain inactive entities. And a lot of this is because they're already, most of these are already heavily regulated by the government and already disclose ownership information elsewhere. So that's already out there. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of those lists come from. But they're, like I said, there are 23 categories. So we will be putting a link to that so you can go check it out there. And I know Megan can give you a little bit more information on where to find that as far as where we'll have it for you. But you can go click into that and and take a look at the uh, frequently asked questions and, and get that list from FinCEN as well. Yeah. And you can find that link in the show notes for this episode, which as always can be found pjscpas.com forward slash and then the episode number. So for this one, it's 133. So I guess the next question is the, the BOI, you know, it's the, all these acronyms that are always thrown around in the financial world. But what does beneficial owner mean? You know, of course, as every government uh, regulation goes, there is a specific definition. Um, so I'll stick to it specifically. So it's a it's an owner of the company that has substantial control, and it's defined if you have direct, determine, or exercise substantial influence over important decisions of the reporting company. So that can be kind of broad. That's where we get into the whole potentially attorney getting involved situation, depending on how complicated things are or what's going on with your business, because it's not necessarily, you know, an actual ownership situation all the time. It could be something that is an indirect ownership, potentially. This also could include any senior officers of the company, regardless if they have a formal title or if they have, again, no ownership interest in the company. So there could be some situations where it is different for different entities. Some entities are simply, I'm the owner, I'm the officer, you know, or, or we three are the owners and officers or whatever the case may be. And that's a little more straightforward, not as, as complex. Mm-hmm. But if there is other situations in there, you could have this substantial control, which then qualifies you, quote unquote, as a beneficial owner, even if you don't really own it. So so it's, it's yes, it's very government regulation-ish. It's like, you know, lots of exceptions, lots of but if, but that, you know, kind of things going into this. So now there is kind of a floor, what we like to refer to as a floor is like a bottom, you know, line thing on this. If there's someone who owns or controls at least 25% of the ownership interest of the reporting company, that's kind of their minimum. So if it's less than 25%, 
it's not an issue. 25% or more is the beneficial ownership kicks in. So there is like that floor. So you don't have to necessarily worry about maybe a 5% interest or something like that. So that's uh, good news. At least you can have that line in the sand as far as what that floor looks like and determining who needs to be reporting and and be reported on, I guess, on this form. Okay. So as far as the information that we're needing to hand over, is it rights to our newborn, our firstborn, our <laughs> blood type? What do we what are we required to provide here? We possibly do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So it, it's pretty straightforward, really. The reporting requirements is, you know, what you might think it's going to be for the most part. It's company information, you know, the name of the company, uh, if there's a DBA or trade name, business address, state or, or tribal jurisdiction where the company was formed, your IRS EIN or TIN number. And that's so that's all the company information that you're going to put on there. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the beneficial owner information. So, you know, who are the beneficial owners? Their names, their birth dates, their dress, their unique identifying number, typically social security number, uh, or maybe it's going to be a driver's license number or things like that are going to be required on there. So, so kind of what you would typically expect you would put on a governmental form. So that's not super surprising as far as what they're looking for. It's just more the the need to actually file it. The uh-huh. how to file it is still up in the air. They don't really have a how do I file this form yet, which is you know kind of necessary if you're supposed to file it within 90 days of creating a company. <laughs> so that's one of the pieces of missing guidance right now as far as how is this is going to play out. But yeah, the information itself is not, at least at this point, super technical. So Okay. Yeah. So, so it seems like stuff that should all be readily available as a business owner. You know, it's right. Shouldn't take too long based on looking at this list of information to file it, I would think, like in theory. In theory. Right? So, so fingers crossed, they do make it easy and like, you just log on. Give, give the information, submit it, and you're done, right? Right. And hopefully this is like a one-time thing too. It's not like an annual, we don't know what Requirement. that looks like. Yeah, there's still some guidance to come out on that as far as that goes, but it, it it appears to be, it's going to be a one-time filing and then any changes. Right. So like you file it and then, you know, you sell the company or somebody buys in as a partner or something. So if there's changes, there's going to be requirements to get those filed as well. So we'll see, you know, what they ultimately land on because there's still, like you said, a lot of outstanding questions that are being put to the government about it and we're waiting for answers for that. Okay. So if there are business owners out there who maybe don't know about it or kind of write this off as, uh, it's not that important. It's just, you know, I don't need to do that. What are the penalties for not filing? Well, that's one thing that's kind of, they're pretty extreme. So those of you that may not be familiar with FinCEN, FinCEN also oversees the foreign reporting of like foreign bank accounts, foreign assets, things like that. So you have to do foreign filing requirements when you reach a certain threshold of, of required filings. And if you don't file, you fail to file, you have large penalties for that too. So this is kind of falling in lockstep with with some of those penalties. So we have possible criminal penalties, which, you know, means like jail time, which nobody obviously wants that, up to two years of jail time. And then there's also civil penalties of $500 per day and up to $10,000 
total at this point that you could potentially have to pay for not filing this report or failing to file this report. So, you know, that's that's fairly extreme, right? $500 a day is, <laughs> adds up pretty quickly and 10000 is no jump change for a lot of people for not filling this, you know, pretty small report with regards to that. Again, I do anticipate they will be providing, you know, leeway likely on the first filings. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, if they don't open up, you know, maybe not this next year, but the year after, hey, if you didn't comply and you didn't file like you were supposed to file within this, you know, few months time period and all is forgiven, you know, kind of (laughs) circumstances. So I do think that they're likely to do those kinds of things, but it's something to be aware of. And again, this is something that if you're in a situation, though, the form is purely simple, the filing requirements and making that determination may be more complex. So you want to make sure that you're reaching out to your advisors, if necessary, getting an attorney involved to determine if there's you know, a filing requirement. This is all law, right? So attorneys are going to be uh, potentially needed if there's a not straightforward case and situation that needs to be sorted through. So you want to make sure that you're ahead of this as much as possible and not having to even face, you know, these penalties at all. So, yeah, I think that I was, you know, looking over the information. I was okay, fine, you know. And when I got to that, that's the scary part, knowing that I didn't even know that this was coming out. Right. Looking at the penalties for not filing when it's not readily available as far as like, this is what you need to do as a new business owner. Like, it, those are some steep penalties for something that I don't feel that is widely known yet. So I'm yeah. hopeful that what you're saying is true and they're going to give more leeway on that and extend that out because it's pretty extreme. It is. And I don't see a lot of public, like you said, education on it. There's not, I mean, there's definitely a starting to come out to the professionals that are dealing, you know, attorneys and CPAs. And, you know, there are some industries starting to pick up on it. And I've had a couple of other inquiries come in. Hey, have you heard of this? What's going on with that? You know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's starting to get out there. But given the deadlines that we're looking at and the timeline that we're under, they really did not make a very good public education push for this that I'm seeing anywhere else. And so I think there's definitely going to be a ton of gaps in people that are setting up entities. Um, And as we know, there's, you know, it's, it's somewhat easy to set up entities in a, in a state, but that doesn't mean you always are doing it right. And you're filing all the required licenses and you're filing all the required forms and those kinds of things. So there's a lot of people that maybe don't get the advice that they need when they set up a company. So mm-hmm. if they're not reaching out or not getting that, I can definitely see that being a, an issue potentially. And we want to keep in mind too, this means any entities. So if you're already in business, but you set up another business for a certain branch of the company that you want to extend into, or maybe you set up a business to hold real estate for your for your company. So the, the business itself is just holding the real estate and you know, maybe you're going to rent that property for your offices or something like that. It it means any business. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're keeping in mind it's not just your active trader business, but any, you know, potential side offshoots that you're going to set up as a legal entity then we'll have this requirement, which is where that may come in for a new entity filing requirement under the 90 days. So we want to make sure that we're, you know, just kind of staying on our toes with any of those kinds of things as we're looking to plan for the future and expansion, et cetera. Okay. And then another thing that, you know, you just start to think about as 
you file more more requirements and you're filling out all this personal information is the privacy. Like who's going to have access to all of this information that I'm providing? Right. I think, I mean, I think a lot of people would have that question too. And especially in this, you know, age of identity theft and all kinds of, you know, potential issues that you'd have there. Yeah. It's like, wh- I'm putting all this information out there and putting, you know, maybe my driver's license on there and putting you know, all yeah. these things that are sensitive. Uh, how is this going to be protected? So right now there's the CTA is authorizing six types of requesters to be able to get access. Now, that doesn't mean they have access, but they can request access. So there's the Department of the Treasury, Internal Revenue Service. And then they also, again, have to go through procedural authorization to get access. That would be law enforcement agencies, court orders, things like that. So so if there's a state law enforcement agency or local for that matter, they can go through a procedural authorization to request access to that information. And it's going to be, obviously, there's going to be rules around when that request will be approved or not approved. So it it is limited at this time as far as who can actually get that information. So that's good. It's not like a public, you know, database or something that people can get yeah, into or what have you. And- so yeah. So I mean, obviously there needs to be security around that just like all the other online systems. I, I assume they'll make this an online filing of some sort in, in a way, hopefully, when I handle a lot of paper going out at this point. But, you know, uh, they will then, of course, have their security levels set high to to protect all this information as they do with the IRS, et cetera, all the other government agencies that are holding that sensitive information. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there a fee to file this form that you're aware of? There's no filing fee at this, well, again, we don't even know exactly how we're filing, but <laughs> there should not be any filing fee. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing out there in the literature that suggests a filing fee as far as like you have to submit a processing fee or something like that with the form. Obviously, if you're going to work with an advisor, have somebody help you do the filing, of course, they will charge sure for their services with regards to that. But otherwise, it should be just you know, like any other filing that you would normally do, you're not paying a fee on with regards to like an IRS form or what have you. It's just getting the document filed. So at this point, that's what it looks like. Okay. So those are the things that we know. What do we not know? (laughs) It kind of feels like everything is in flux here with regards to this based on the conversations that are happening and going around. I mean, they're, you know, we're giving you as solid information as we have. I, I would have to say at this point, it, it, it all is a little subject to change. As they continue to move things forward, we'll get more updates. The, the town halls, like I said, we're going to, to stay up to date on these. And of course, we get some emails and things like that as well. I think until they really roll it out and have a method for filing and it starts to actually be done, I think that there's going to be a lot in flux around this until that time. Uh, but I think this, you know, doing this was important to us and, and giving this information out just to cr- start creating awareness and start the conversation and make sure that, you know, if people are starting new entities, that they're aware they have that 90 day window right now, et cetera. So we can, you know, help advise them the best we can, point them in the right directions and get some some things decided. I'm sure from the legal side that the attorneys would probably say the same. Like there's definitely some legality things that they're 
probably needing additional guidance on as well. So so getting that process started sooner, if you've got a new entity, would probably be a good idea because everybody's going to be working through the muddy waters right now to determine how to stay in compliance. Great. Well, hopefully this has helped you understand, you know, if you had heard about it, better understand what the requirements are, some deadlines, that type of thing. And if you hadn't heard about it, at least be aware that this is on the horizon and is a new requirement for most businesses come in this new year. So we will plan to, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be updates and I'm sure we'll have a part two to this episode as the year continues on. We don't know when that will be at this point, but we will do our best to keep you as informed as we can as this progresses. So Katina, do you have any other advice that you want to give business owners as we kind of navigate through this new requirement and questions that we all have? No, I don't think so. I think just stay, you know, stay informed, reach out if they have questions. And I also wouldn't like totally stress out about it. Like I said, I think they're gonna, they're gonna give grace. They're gonna continue to give guidance and those kinds of things. But I think, you know, it's just good to know proactively what you're getting into. As we always advise, be proactive about it and know where things are going. And it's not going to, you know, be a huge blip, I don't think. It's just uh, we got to get through this first phase of how do we get this done. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. As always, if you have any questions, reach out to us, info at pjscpas.com. Check out the show notes for this episode at pjscpas.com forward slash 133. Thanks for joining us. Keep that momentum going and we will see you next time. This has been another episode of the Cultivating Business Growth Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review. Gain access to additional free resources and learning opportunities by visiting pjscpas.com forward slash podcast.